When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley, where once again the Premier League dominates. Two big matches today, two somewhat surprising results. We saw Chelsea held away by Nottingham Forest. That game finished 1-1. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but we'll kick things off with Tottenham losing at home by two goals to nil against Aston Villa. For more on this, let's welcome in, shall we, Stevie Nicol, Frank LeBeouf and Julien Laurent. Before we hear from them, God, this was bad, wasn't Rotten. it, from Spurs? Rotten. Uh, just a continuation, really. I, I, I understand, look, this is the first day of the transfer window, so obviously there's been nothing happened leading into this game. Whether that changes between now and the end of January for Tottenham, that remains to be seen. Uh, and they were missing, you know, Richarlison, Mora, Kulisevsky, Benton Core, who has had a problem since the World Cup. I understand all that. However, you still managed to put a half-decent team out on the field, but you've continued to play in the same manner that you've played recently. I mean, it is just so tough to watch. It's Harry Kane, did you, if you were listening to commentary, most people were, went 20 minutes, around the 20-minute mark, before he even touched the ball. Right. I mean, it's quite scary, really. So, the buck stops with him. I can take defeat. I can sit and watch Tottenham. Are any team losing, particularly with this kind of squad, that having spent a couple of hundred million plus dollars in the summer, I can accept that defeat happens, but he's responsible for performance as well as results. And we're seeing neither at the moment from this Tottenham side. And he's managing to get a tune out of some around him who seem to be happy to be jumping on his bandwagon that is we're just never, ever... Oh, it was a miracle. What you don't understand was last year was a miracle. I'm a magician getting this team in the top four. I was wonderful last year. And now it's just about the squad and it's really not my fault, basically, is what he's saying. Stevie, it was, unless you're an Aston Villa fan, this is a really hard game to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really drab. Uh, you could see exactly what Aston Villa were doing. You could see that Aston Villa know that that Spurs uh, are a little suspect defensively. You can hit them on the break. Um, and pretty much that was it. I mean, it's not that difficult to figure out what, what Tottenham try and do. Uh, and in particular, going forward, when you sit tight against them, you know, the one guy that you're scared of that plays for Tottenham is a centre-forward called Harry Kane. You don't want anything to do with him, certainly in the penalty box. Well, Harry Kane hardly ever spends any time now in the, in the penalty box, you know. They, they don't have a, a so-called playmaker in the middle of the park. The players they have up front are all about, you know, getting some space and using their pace to, to break in behind with the likes of Richarlison and particularly Son. And so when there's none of that space and you've got Harry Kane dropping deep to be your playmaker, then who's, who's getting the ball? You know, Harry Kane can't come and get it and then play himself in. 
Because right now, that seems to be the only option that, that Spurs have. And defensively, they've been horrible all season. It, it, it's one thing to struggle going forward. Um, you know, Spurs and other teams, you know, thinking of Chelsea as well. But it's another thing to have your defence, which just looks as though it's, it's going to give goals away every time they step on the field. Today, your was back to his, I've got a mistake in me best. Um, and they end up one behind. So... It's not that difficult to see where Spurs' problems are. Um, but as Craig said, eventually, eventually Conte might take some responsibility for A, the way they play and how they set up defensively. Did you enjoy this, Frank? No, I didn't. Well, I enjoyed watching, you know, Aston Villa and uh, seeing Minks, you know, being good because he's been quite shaky for, 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 in the past. And, uh, and to see the middle of the park, you know, with Camara, Mankin, um, Douglas Suisse and Bundia playing very, very well. And he explains maybe why, you know, Aston Villa won that game. Camara played like, you know, Casimiro at his best, you know, getting all so many ball backs and, uh, and serving the others magnificently. And yes, we saw nothing from Tottenham. And I'm fed up, you know, hearing Mr. Conte <laughs> in the press conference, in the post-press conference saying that, he wants more money. He wants players with, um, you know, with more sta um, status. You have players, even yes, if you have some players injured or missing because of the World Cup. What I see in the in the sheet before the game is a very much decent team and a team who can beat the village. But because of your strategy, because of your tactic, they don't do anything. You know, when you see with that shit, you see only international players. So don't tell me you can't do better with that. Those players are talented players, but they don't play the way they should play. And I agree with Craig. The only one guilty for the, that result and that non-performance is Mr. Conte. Just confirm, Frank was saying sheet uh, there. Uh, Jules, looking at it, it yes. was a bit like yes. Conte bingo, wasn't it, <laughs> afterwards, in the sense that he said it was a miracle. We finished top four last season. I need more money. I need better players. We hear it time and time again. But surely that isn't the reason that for the 10th game in a row, they conceded the first goal. No, that's not the reason. You're right. I mean, they were lucky not to fall behind in the first half because that's usually what they do and then they come back in the second half, except that today there was just no comeback. There was, there was just nothing in that performance at all, collectively, individually. I agree with everything the boys said. What I thought made it even worse is that at the end, Conte threw the towel in a way of wanting to show to Daniel Levy and the ownership and Joe Lewis, if he was watching from his boat, wherever, in the Bahamas or Barbados, wherever he is, saying, oh, look, this is the players I have. Pape Matassar coming on, had never played in the Premier League before. Jet Spence at the end, which was clearly not to win the game or not to come back because those guys, can't, they can't do it. They're not ready for that level yet. Even Brian Hill starting. For me, I, I, I kind of saw it in a way of Conte saying, look, I really have nobody. I've got nothing. If I don't have Kuluzevski, Richarlison, Bentonko, look at the rest. Look at what I have. I have to play with Brian Hill from the start, which is basically playing with 10 men because Brian Hill is not good enough for that level anyway. But at the end, for him to put all those, make all those crazy substitutions for no reasons, for players who are not good enough, it was to show like, look, this is what I've got to do and what I've got to work with. And then we knew that after that, in this press conference, it would, it would, it would go on and on mm. and on about, well, I don't have enough players, maybe fifth is the best we can do, don't have expectations, don't do this, don't do that, which is, again, not good enough. I would be 
mad if I was Joe Lewis or Daniel Levy tonight. And added to that, obviously, you think, uh. right, am I going to back this manager? Am I going to give him more money to spend to a man who won't commit his future to the club? Exactly. Well, listen, we, we talked at the time, just prior to him coming in, how this potentially could unravel. And I think it's heading that way. Uh, this is not new. And, and yeah, look, look, at Juventus he turned it round and they won leagues, lots of them. Mm -hmm. At Inter he turned it round. Uh, at Chelsea he, he turned it round. I don't think anybody's really expecting him to turn this around and all of a sudden be better than Man City and Arsenal and Liverpool. The three teams certainly, two of those teams have been hugely successful recently. Arsenal could be this year. But I think the expectation has to be that the paying public, the Tottenham supporters and that new big flashy stadium have to be at least watching something that's not as pedestrian. And that's been nice to it, pedestrian. I mean, there was two World Cup winners in that side and, and Lloris and, and Romero and, and Perisic who's been in, in World Cup finals and, and Harry Kane who, along with you know Benzema and, and, uh, and Lewandowski is revered as one of the best in the business. Uh, Emil Hoiberg's a regular on the Danish side and we know that the Danes had a poor World Cup but they're, they're actually a very good side so there is plenty to work with and when I look at the complaints I look at a comparison with Newcastle United yes Newcastle United have ownership that could go out and spend if you're not bringing financial fair play in could probably go out and spend 500 million right but that hasn't happened as yet the signed Alexander Isak is a big sign and it's 60 or 70 million but when you're talking, how many times do you hear Eddie Howe coming out and saying, I can't work with Dan Byrne. Yeah. I, I can't work with Trippier. I can't work with Joe Willock. I can't work with Sean Longstaff. I can't work with Wood and, and Callum Wilson. And guy from MLS, by the way, Miguel Almer. I can't work with people for M from, who are playing in MLS. No. No. It's how can we get the best out of this group? How can we get them performing at their best? And yeah, they didn't have a great result at the weekend, but we've seen with not a lot of money spent, with some shrewd, good quality pros, that you can get a tune out of these teams that are not Man City and Liverpool and haven't got the best centre-half and the best goalkeeper and the best striker, but yet that comes down to coaching. Yeah. And to some extent, we have seen it with Newcastle, who could have went into second place. And all we're hearing week after week from Antonio Conte is, as you said, more money and basically just slandering his players. I mean, if I was one of his players, I'd be turning and saying, this guy just throws us under the bus. Every time we get an average result in performance, it's all because of us and not because of him. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Stevie. How do these sort of responses go down regarding the morale in the dressing room? Well, there's no question you're sick of listening to it. You know, players, good players will ultimately look at themselves first and foremost and think, how did I do? Did I do my bit? Could I have done more? You know, how am I involved in the mistakes? Or, I mean, the good things, they'll, they'll go through the whole gamut. My, my, my wonder, and maybe Jules could enlighten me in particular, because I don't know what kind of guy that Daniel Levy is. If Daniel Levy's any sort of football person, He's not going to be falling for this sort of flannel about we're, we're building a core and we're doing this and we're doing that. If Daniel Levy's any sort of football person, he's going to sit down with Conte and say, right, I've got a really easy question for you here. This is an easy football question. You've come in and you've solidified us 
and you got us playing and you got us a fourth spot and then you went and spent money and it brought you in some players that you wanted and the team's now playing worse than it was before I got you that I gave you that money and you brought in players that you wanted so I don't expect you to win the Premier League and maybe I don't expect you to be challenging straight away for the Premier League but I expect, I expect some sort of level of consistency and some sort of performance and I certainly expect to look out on the field and figure out what we're trying to do. That's what I want to know. Is Daniel Levy smart enough in football terms to ask those questions? Because those are the questions that, that whoever's backing Conte or whoever's deciding whether to give him money has to know whether this is right or wrong. Because there's no question with the names on the back of the shots and the squad that he has, they are underperforming big time. He's the coach. That's his responsibility. Who's asking that question, if they are? Jules? It's a very good, it's a, it's a very good question from Stevie. Daniel Levy is uh, a businessman, to start with. Let's be honest here. He's someone who is capable of hiring Nuno Espiritu Santo, for example, for like, I mean, why? What, what, what attracted you to Nuno, for example? And to go from Mourinho to Conte to, to, to managers who have just no profile, no continuity, no plan, no certainly no mid to long term plan. So he clearly does his business as, as, a, as, a, as a football CEO, because this is what he is really, just on the short term, which I don't think that is the answer now. And, and then maybe this is why Spurs haven't won anything since what, 2009 now. And that was the League Cup, by the way. That's the reason why they haven't won the league since 1961. Because there's a point where you just don't build by changing managers every 18 months or two years or maybe three years if you're a bit lucky. And you can build the best stadium and the best training ground in the world, which is pretty much what they have right now. And you can still have some top, top, top player, which is what they have right now, as we've explained already, and still spend money in the summer, which they have done now again. And this is not enough because the guy who's at the top of the whole organization and planning, I mean, just below you, who is your manager, your coach, is just not good enough. And this one is not the answer. The one before was not the answer. The one before was not the answer. And the one before was not the answer. And I, I, I think for all the, the blame that we can put on Antonio Conte and all his excuses and everything, and the players also have to take some blame, of course, but Daniel Levy has a huge blame to take. And Joe Lewis as well, who is the most invisible owner <laughs> in the history of the top clubs in Europe, is also partly to blame. Uh, Jules, let's uh, move on from Conte and ask the big question. Why couldn't Hugo Lloris play like this against England? <laughs> <laughs> you wish he had. I, I mean, it's, yeah, there's, that, that first goal is a, is a big mistake. He should not, he should have parried that ball or certainly not put it back like the way he did and maybe just in a, in, if it was not to stop it, maybe as a in, for corner. Uh, I think Romero and Langley are also half asleep and so is Hugo on the shot. It's not good enough. He hasn't been good enough at times this season. He's cost them. He's saved them at times, but I think he's cost them more than he saved them, unfortunately. Just to put a bow on it in a sense that, that even with the players that are out injured, say even if you had 50% or 60% of them fit, let, let's make no bones about it. This is not an anomaly. They were playing pretty much like that when, when they had a full, fully fit squad. Well, they started the season quite well, didn't they? They had, they had a good run Yeah, to in terms start of with. results. Yes. 
But performances uh, you feel were still lacking? Yeah, there's been the odd one, but most of them have had to come from behind. Uh, a lot of them have had to come from behind, including been 2-0 down at Bournemouth. Yeah. I came back to win it late on 3-2. Uh, there's been an air of desperation about how, how he's had to change it and make the subs. Uh, there was that early game at Chelsea in the season where they got completely battered and then he just was able to go to his bench and sort of resurrect the situation. I just felt at the time when, when he came in that they needed, ironically I thought, and it's not going well for him at the moment and we're going to, I know we're going to discuss Graham Potter, but ironically I actually thought Potter was a, a was probably a better fit for Tottenham than he maybe is where he is at the moment at Chelsea. Because he, he was a manager that wasn't going to shout and scream and was prepared to uh, toe the line with Levy to an extent, work with what he's got in terms of similarities to Brighton, get them playing some nice football, is what he did at Brighton. Uh, and I thought actually that would have been a better fit uh, for, for Tottenham and for Graham Potter than where he is now in Tottenham going for Conte. Uh, that ship has obviously sailed big time uh, but ultimately I think Tottenham I think will probably be looking for a new manager in the not too distant future because I think he'll manage to wangle his way into getting out when whether it's a Juventus job or another one comes up because he can smell himself that, that, he, that he's not got the ability to get out of this squad what he needs and people are already like us in the press that were at the game are already asking him questions about the team's performance and the team's results and he doesn't like it. Speaking of asking questions we'll be asking Stevie about his New Year's moustache on the uh, next edition yeah, of Extra Time uh, which you can always check out <laughs> over on our YouTube channel. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Elsewhere in the Premier League, it finished Nottingham Forest 1, Chelsea 1. Chelsea looked in control in the early stages of the game as Raheem Sterling put the ball in an empty net after 16 minutes. But Forest were revitalised in the second half, came out fighting and deservedly got their equaliser, Serge Aurier making it 1-1. And that's how it would finish as Graham Potter's poor start to his tenure as Chelsea manager continues. Uh, Frank, Stevie and Jules with us. What's wrong with them? I think came out fighting. Forest is the uh, analysis that 
Graham Potter can look at his team and, and say, well, where was our fight when, when Forrest reared their head and smelt that they might be on to getting some points in the second half in particular? The first half, they were timid, they were worried. Forrest, I think, were worried about getting battered a little bit and were in their shell. And Chelsea's goal was lucky. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, Bowley doesn't deal with it. It spins up, hits the crossbar. Henderson's got no chance. Sterling puts it in. Chelsea, apart from that, did little or nothing in this game. In fact, when Forrest were going at them from the first minute of the second half, there was nobody, nobody reared their head in that Chelsea team and took control. Well, I, I say that, nobody. The best player they've got, and I was saying to you, by far, is Thiago Silva. The only one with any sort of composure now is quality. Uh, in the middle of the part, they got completely outran, uh, outfought, uh, and that's why he made the changes to try and resurrect that as the game went on. But I thought Forrest were, by, bearing in mind they're going to fight relegation till the death, I thought they were terrific, and I'll be honest, I think Graham Potter's got some big problems ahead. Yeah, yeah, just one win in nine in the Premier League, Stevie, for Chelsea. Hmm. I tell you what, he's going to be—he's going to have to be a worried man, you know, because after, after games like this, or after another game like this, should we say, you know, there comes a time where you're thinking, what am I going to do here? Because this is not a great Potter team. This Chelsea side doesn't play like like Brighton did. They certainly don't play the way Swansea did, you know. And I'm talking about passing and moving the ball. You know, that was, the, that was really the hallmark of his size, particularly Brighton, that they passed the ball from the back forward and created chances. And, and the only thing I remember about, I think about Brighton under Potter is, boy, if they had some better players up front, imagine the goals that they would score. So when Potter signed for Chelsea and got this job, I'm thinking, this is perfect. This guy can, can get the ball from the back through the middle up to the front and if they can just sort themselves out going forward, they'll create goals and score goals, particularly if they can go, sign a goal scorer. So it kind of seems straightforward to me what would happen under Potter. Unfortunately, nothing has happened. Zero. Mm. I really... I really couldn't tell you anything that Chelsea are doing that's any different than what was going wrong when Tuchel was in charge. I, I don't see it. I don't see the passing. I don't see the movement. Uh, I don't see people arriving late in the box uh, and missing chances the way Brighton did. I see nothing of it. And at the very least, aside in the Premier League, that doesn't battle physically, I mean, the second half was embarrassing from a physical competition because, because nothing of Forest, by the way. Don't get me wrong, we're not Brazil in disguise. This was just desire and effort and commitment and getting the ball forward quicker and just being stronger. And there was absolutely no, no guy in blue other than Thiago Silva, as Craig said, that stood up to it. Everybody else was a little meek, a little mild. And because going forward, as far as putting the ball in the back of the net. Forrest are abysmal, in my opinion. There's no way they survive. They're never going to score enough goals. Uh, and we saw it today. They dominated physically. They got the ball forward, but never looked like, never looked like scoring another one, put it that way. Uh, but as far as Chelsea under Potter, I, I don't know what's happened to, to, to Potter. This is not the Chelsea side I thought I was going to see under him. Frank, we know that you love Chelsea. You played there. How frustrating was this match to watch for you? 100% frustration, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and on top of it being very upset, 
because I don't see what I should see, because um, you have the coach for that, as, uh, as Stevie just mentioned, and I think you have the player for that. But I think you have to reset their brains because they don't play the way they, they should play. Yes, Thiago Silva was the best players from far, but I, I don't know. Something is getting, getting crazy out of my, my sign, you know, myself, where I feel that at some point they have the ball, but they don't want to do anything with it. And uh, it's like when sometimes they have the ball, they, they should go for it, make like 10 yards, you know, to create, you know, to be outnumbered and to create an unbalanced situation for, for, the, for, for, for Nottingham Press, but they don't do it. You know, that's crazy that during the game, I, I, I took a, a sheet, you know, did I say it right now? Yes. Uh, but <laughs> what, I, what was wrong, you know, what was wrong, and I was writing everything and I say, well, they didn't start well. They be completely inexistent in the second half. They scored a goal with a half a chance because they were lucky that Bolly put the ball in the, in the, on the post and, uh, and he came back to Sterling. Then we didn't see anything from them. And I'm thinking about the chairman. I say, well, the chairman's going to start being, being very upset with that. So the, is, we have the, the, the transfer window now. He's going to buy, he wants to buy players, but how do you get rid of the players who are already there? We're going to be upset because they don't play anymore. And uh, what are you going to do with Potter, who is a builder, uh, at the contrary of, of Bolly, who just want to buy you know, stars? They're going to play City next game. <laughs> if they carry on playing like that, like that they're going to be smashed, completely smashed. Uh, they won't reach the Champions League, though they won't get the money uh, to, 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 to buy some player that they won the last summer. And we see nothing because we don't see involvement. We don't see uh, any will of, I want to save that club, I want to save that performance, I want to do something different. No, they're just being drawn in their pessimistic you know, way of thinking football. Yeah, 602 passes. For that game, guys, we don't care. Nottingham Forest did 180 and they drew. We fed up with your position, you know. We want to see something vertical. We want to see create creativity, you know. And uh, yes, the, the, the two central defenders there, the, especially Chago Silva, decent game, but bring the ball in the middle of the park, you know, when you have the space, go for it. Create the unbalanced spirit that you have to, to bring to the opponent to create something, to, fr to free your teammates. I see nothing. Really, I'm frustrated, but mostly I'm very upset. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that you go to Frank and you say you're upset about this because yes. you love Chelsea. Yeah. You didn't. You, you don't love Chelsea. You, you don't approach me with you that. You don't love you're anything, just, any club. That's wrong. No, you love your dogs. <laughs> yes, that's fair enough. But they've golf and golf, yes. <laughs> nice weather. But they've got the players, haven't they? Well, they've got I, the players. And to by play. the way, I, just go back, Steve. I think Forest, Forest salvation is that there are other abysmal teams right. down there. It's not to suggest they're going to stay up, but I think that's some some salvation for them. I'm wondering whether we're seeing the old sort of adage here of of, of Graham Potter struggling to, and I might be wrong, struggling to gain the traction and respect in the dressing room right. is the guy that's came from Brighton and he's, who's he to be telling us we should be doing this, that and the next thing. I'm not saying that's the case but it kind of smells like it a little bit. It certainly looks like it in some of their performances. You know, telling the guys at Brighton one thing and telling some of these so-called superstars. I mean, the likes of Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, I mean, these guys to me are like, you know, solid professionals. Yep. They're just going to do a job for you. But there's maybe a few other ones who are what you would call above their station, haven't been playing brilliantly, 
Uh, and maybe some of his uh, instructions are falling on, on deaf ears. What, look, I don't know, but whatever way it is, he's going to have to figure it out. Yes. If it's that, or it's just they're not listening, or they're not getting, they're not playing well. I mean, how many? T- have you ever known Kai Havertz put three good games in a row? Yeah. Christian Pulisic, three good games, if he gets a game, that is. Raheem Sterling, at the moment, you know, didn't have a great World Cup before he left. Didn't, wasn't playing great getting into the World Cup. Yeah, got his goal today, but I mean, it'd been hard, harder to miss from where he was. Uh, you know, so all these guys are not... Aubameyang clearly doesn't fancy him. Wasn't his signing anyway. So I think January is going to be... I think they're going to be one of the most interesting clubs to watch in January because of their position, because of the manager and because of their ownership. Uh, of course, linked to Enzo uh, Fernandez, who had such a good World Cup, Jules. How close are we to seeing that happen? It's a good question, Dan. I mean, between the club and between Chelsea and Enzo, it's all, it's all agreed, it's all sorted. I think he would, he, would, he would want to come now. The problem is Benfica, even with the release clause, 120 million euros, which I think Chelsea are happy to pay, but maybe structure slightly differently to just give the 120 just like that in January. For Benfica, it's, it would be a huge loss. To, to lose Enzo now when they're still in the Champions League, for example, when they're top of the, the Portuguese league with, with, with a good gap ahead of Porto, but it's still, it's still not like 20 points ahead. I think losing Enzo would be massive for them. So you could understand why Benfica might be very reluctant to let him go in January. I think for Chelsea, he's a must win, he's a must sign, he's a must, he's a must signing to do because they, I mean, the boys have said everything. They've also said, oh, they've got a good squad. Yeah, they've got a good squad, but it's a very unbalanced squad. It's a squad that has flaws. Quite a lot of them, and we saw that today. And, and I think they need strengthening. Otherwise, there's no way they can have a good run of results at some point that can maybe, just maybe even, take them near the top four. And right now, they're heading the, the other direction. They're closer to the bottom than they are to, the top, to, 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 to Arsenal. It's as crazy as it is. I mean, Tuchel did better than, than, than Potter has. What, What's going on here? This is crazy. So, but Yashid is coming. Fofana was with the team today. We saw him, but he's a very young striker. But Yashid is coming. But again, he's a very young centre-back. And then Enzo, for me, would be a game-changer. But on his own, I'm not even sure. They need more than just Bad Yashid, Fofana and Enzo Fernandez. But they've got that bringing somebody in and, who's in that middle of the park, sits in front of the back four, can, can get around, get around the pitch. They've got... No, and Ka- Golacanti's injury problems. Mm-hmm. Jorginho played today, or well, he was out there. Uh, <laughs> Mateo Kovacic, who's really, really who's a pretty solid player. Uh, Zakaria, who, I mean, bring Fernandes in, you've got five of them. I'm not saying they're all exactly the same, yeah. but they're all players that like to play behind the ball and sort of in front of the back four. There's talk about Jorginho going back to Italy. I don't know about uh, N'Golo Kanti's fitness, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's a lot of midfield players that can all sort of do something similar. Obviously, Enzo Fernandez, the youngest, coming off the back of the a fantastic World Cup. Uh, you know, in terms of his age, uh, he's given them probably 10 years, or, or you know, you're looking long term. But they've got a lot of players in that middle of the park already to choose from. But Frank, do you agree with Jules that they really need to push the boat out and make sure they get Enzo? They have to, but again, I agree also with Jules that the, with Jules that the fight is not enough because you know on on top of you have, of having to get rid of some players because I mean they serve the club but they don't serve the club anymore like they they, 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 they used to. They, they need more players. They need players who are, 
fit on uh, on Potter's uh, way of thinking football, and uh, players who are capable of pace up the game. It's so slow. So if you get somebody who is technically very good, but uh, as Jorginho does, you know, yeah, play, play well, try to be clean and everything, that's not what we are looking for. That's, that's not what we are uh, uh, searching. We, we want to find somebody who goes forward, who brings the ball quicker in counterattack, who knows where, uh, where they have to go uh, and, and try to find mounts and some others, you know, qu quicker. If Fernandez and Fernandez can do so, yes, of course, you have to bring it. It's lots of money. Will it be enough? I don't think so. I'm happy to see Nkunku coming in July. And I, as I explained in a, in a former show, I think the season is over. So you have to see the big picture. And the big picture is next season. And the coach and the chairman and the board, they have to see there to build a team with a new era. Some players have to go. And I think like five or six players that I won't mention have to go mm. to create a new, a new, a, a freshness, a new reset. Well, you're not going to win anything. You're not going to challenge. Let's be honest. You're not going to challenge with. If your starting lineup involves Kai Havertz and Christian Pulisic, it ain't happening. Yeah. It might happen now and again, sporadically, but consistently, no. It's not. It's not going to happen. I mean, where the hell's Havertz's best position? Pulisic does some good things now, and I'm, look, fans of American soccer often shout from the rooftops whenever we bring him up. He's not good enough to be playing consistently at a club that's been previously fighting for Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues. He's not good enough to get in the starting eleven. He can be a squad player, and that's what he's been. Havertz is the same. He's popped up with that great goal in the Champions League final, but he doesn't put a string of games together where he plays well enough. So that's just two of the players that eventually have put our last, and I don't know that, that are going to have to go. But there's, there's, as Frank said, there's probably five or six that yeah. he needs to get out and get some fresh faces in. But here's the deal, you're at Chelsea. Uh, do you get that time? I don't know. Uh, you talk about players that need to get out. Meanwhile, you mentioned it before, Jules, Badashil is a done deal. Yeah, pretty much around 40 million euros, just just under the negotiation between Monaco and, and Chelsea over bonuses and things like that the last few days. Uh, he's a player that was that was on the shortlist of a few clubs for last, uh, last summer, but for January and next summer as well. 21 years old, he made his debut for France back in September in the international break. Missed out on the squad for the World Cup, but was very close to it as well. Left-footed, tall. But very young. Again, we go back to that. He's young. He makes mistakes. We see in Ligue 1. Uh, we saw it with the national team. And right now, the last thing that Chelsea needs is players coming in who makes mistakes because they need. That's not what they need. So one for the future, for sure. Really talented, good kid as well. Very good mind, good brain, good entourage. Everything good. But for the for the problems that Chelsea have right now, I'm just not sure is the answer. Well, that's another thing as well. And I'm not suggesting he's a bad player. But if I'm paying over 60 million for a fullback, and I'm talking about Cucurella, but I, I, I need to see something. Right. I mean, I at least want to see him running down the wing and yes. getting past somebody and whipping in yeah. three or four balls a, a game, maybe half a dozen. <laughs> I don't know, he's yeah. tidy. Yeah. Can I ask a question here? Go on. Can I ask a question here? No, I, and I agree with Craig about Cucurella, 60 million, but am I the only person that's thinking, what's wrong with Chelsea? You're going to spend 120 million. On Fernandez, am I the only person that's thinking that? I think so. He's a hot property, Stevie, isn't million. he? 
He's a hot property. Gagpo's a hot property. Liverpool got him for 37 mil and he scores goals. I'm sorry, Fernandez had a great World Cup and he's a good player. But 120 million, when, you, when, when, when your problems... Well, I know they've got a lot of problems, but, but, but Chelsea are struggling going forward. We're talking about two of the players today and Havertz and Pulisic, again, who I, who I just have shown that they're not good enough. So two year three, you've got you've got Sterling, who looks as though he's 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 like a fish out of water in a blue in a in a Chelsea blue jersey. You need a centre forward, no question, and you're going to go out and spend 120 million on Fernandez in the middle of the park. I mean, I'm sorry, I I, I think they've got the I, I think they've got the <laughs> they've got everything upside down. You're going to waste 120 million on a guy. I, I, I'm sure with what they've got, they can come up with some sort of system or figure something out that they can be at least solid. But the problems are are going forward, and Fernandez is doing going to do nothing for you, in my opinion, going forward. So, do you know, am I the only one that thinks 120 million is crazy for this guy? I think. Well, I think half the time we look at transfer fees and think they're they're they're, they're bonkers, and that was one of the reasons we we felt that the Gakpo one was like, wow, 37, you know, mm -hmm. 23 years old, scoring in the World Cup. Uh, you know, the hundreds, 100, I mean, 60 million Cucurella. You know, we saw Morgan Gibbs-White today was 25, 30, 35, 40 with add-ons at Nottingham Forest for a it, guy. It's the buyout, isn't it, Benfica? So they want it, if they want it now, then that's what it's going to take. Yeah, it? and it's you're looking at an age at 21. Yeah. I don't know, the whole thing's... But just go back to the Sterling thing briefly as well. This is what you're looking at here. You're looking at players like Sterling who was at a club and under a manager whose standards were so high that he goes into Chelsea and it's, it's slack. You know, the ownership change, Tuchel's uh, losing a bit of power in there, Graham Potter coming in. He hasn't got that guy stood on the touchline, that manic coach who, if you're not... Giving him what he needs, you're off. Right. Jack Grealish, if I'm not getting what I need, you're off. Phil Foden, you're off. Doesn't matter. Rehead Mahrez, you're off. He's at a club now where it's almost like, well, hopefully Raheem and, and, and Christian Pudge and Kai Havertz, well, hopefully they'll put up. The standards at Chelsea are way beyond the standards recently, certainly, at Liverpool and Man City, where the two coaches are in the touchline, and if you're not doing it, the hook is coming out, and you Although Tuchel was like that and they got rid of him. Well, Tuchel was like that for a bit and then, as I say, it was messy in the summer with the, with the ownership change and it, it, I think it just felt he lost a bit of power and sway and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and yeah, Sterling had just come in the door then. But there's no doubt where he is now, the standards have dropped compared to, compared to where he was. Wait, wait, and, and I think wait. we're seeing that in his performance. I thought, I thought Sterling going to Chelsea was going to be a great move for him. I thought he's fed up not being not starting. He was producing. He scored some goals. Uh, he was at one stage was first first on the team sheet, and I thought that you know this guy just wants to play every game. And when this guy goes to Chelsea, he knows he's going to play and he's going to be getting after it. It doesn't look like that at all. It, it looks almost like. It looks almost like well, I'm going to play anyway, so it doesn't really matter what I do. I thought he was going to take everyone by the scruff of the neck. I thought he was going to, I he was going to be running around, expecting 
everybody around them to be the way they were at City. And he was the one that was going to demand the standard from everybody else behind him going forward. That's what I thought Sterling was doing. You know, all this talk about Sterling before we England and how he's maturing and the way he speaks off the park and it was all great and all fantastic. But so far, it seems like it was just all paper talk. It's a, it's, it's a great, again, theory. Theory and practical are amazing how different they can be. And the theory I've just given you and the practical side of it, Dan Sterling is not holding his end of the bargain up, that's right, for sure. Right, last word on Chelsea goes to Frank. Yeah, uh, Dan, remember what I was saying about Sterling signing for Chelsea? I said there is, there is, a, there is a reason why, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Pep Guardiola is okay. He agreed to get rid of to of, of Sterling, and some people say, you know what, he's the guy we use the most. Yeah, maybe because he had to, because he had no choices. But he didn't want to keep him, and so there is a reason why he didn't want to keep him. And we see why he didn't want to keep him. That guy is a good player, like we have so many at Chelsea, but he doesn't. He's not a kind of guy who takes the leads and take the lead and change the game for you. Like, like so many other guys you can see. And, uh, and that's, that's what it is. That's what it is with Chelsea. And for so many years, you have good players that you pay crazy amount. And I'm not even talking about Cucurella. But crazy amount. For what? We don't see. Badia Shield. Yeah, very good signing. Very good. Young player. Where is he going to play? Uh, Thiago Silva and, uh, and, um, and Koulibaly already there. And you have so many other centre-backs who can play. So I'm not sure he's going to play. Uh, and, and, and so we need some other players. Yeah, Enzo Fernandez is 105 million or two or 20. It's crazy money. So we have to have serious people in the, in the recruitment now because that doesn't make any sense. The signing that we see don't make any sense right now. Well, speaking of signings, of course, the January transfer window is now open. And to keep up to date with all the latest news, yeah. be sure to check out Transfer Talk over on the website. Counting down to an exciting deadline day show, Craig, yeah, which you always enjoy. How many days left? Was <laughs> it 30 days out. left? <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Top of the table clash on New Year's Day in France. Lens taking on PSG and it'd be the hosts who would take the lead. It wouldn't last long though as PSG would be awarded an equaliser even though replay suggests the goalkeeper maybe had control of the ball but it wouldn't matter because Lens would then kick on to score two more goals and take the victory which closes the gap at the top of the table now to four points between the defending champions and Lens. So more on this, uh, Frank and Jules with us. Uh, Jules, what went wrong with your boys? Pretty much everything done really. I mean, to be fair, first of all, I think we need to, 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 to give, to praise Lance and their, their coach, Frank Hayes, and the players, Seko Fofana, the captain, who, by the way, is a Paris-born and bred kid. And all, all of that team, the fans of Russia, the Stade Bollard, it was an amazing performance from everybody involved with that football club. It was incredible to see the atmosphere, to see the intensity with which Lens played, which, which they do all the time. This is not new. We've, we've praised them before. We've said how good they've been, not just this season, but for the last three years, you know, two years before, they finished seventh each time in Ligue 1. But this season, they're taking it to another level. And to be fair, tonight, everything was perfect. They scored early in the first half, early in the second half. They didn't give PSG anything. Yes, there was no Neymar who was suspended, no Messi who was still on holidays, but still it was, um, it was an absolute masterclass from Hayes and, and Lance and they completely deserved that and PSG were just completely outplayed, they, they were not up for it, they were not aggressive enough. It's almost like they didn't know what we're going to hit them, where we knew exactly what this Lance team was going to do tonight. Was it complacent from PSG, Frank? I don't think so. I think, uh, and, and Jules explained that, it's mostly because of Hayes' tactic, uh, the Lance coach, and the, the involvement of the players, that Paris Saint-Germain couldn't do anything much. Uh, it's always the same thing. You know, when you play against Manchester City or you play against uh, Paris Saint-Germain, you know that they're, they're going to get the position of the ball. So the only way to uh, get a little bit of uh, them in trouble is to, uh, to put the big pressure on, the, on, on, on them and to have a real tactic. It's what did uh, Lance today. And uh, they push them, they press, uh, they press Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain couldn't breathe. And, um, and uh, the third goal is re really what happened during the game. It's they lost uh, the ball very, uh, very close to their own goals. And, uh, and they conceded the third goal. Everything was perfect for Lance. Yeah, everything was far from perfect for Paris Saint-Germain. But I, tell me, I enjoyed the game. I oh. didn't think that the, the league one. You know, compl comp um, um, comparing to the, the, the two games that I had to see with the Premier League, you know, Tottenham and Chelsea, that I had to say that I enjoyed a League One game. But really, really, I enjoyed. That was a Champions oh. League game with a Champions League atmosphere, with a big pressure. Lens is a real contender. I think they can, they can very much uh, annoy Paris Saint-Germain until the, the end of the season. How much, Jules, can we offer up the excuse that there was no Messi and there was no Neymar? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big part, of course. It's a big part of it. Sorry, Frank, before you go, it's, it's huge. It's huge, like, not having Neymar Messi, but it's still a PhD team that was very competitive that should not have been dominated the way Lance dominated them. That's, that's, that's all, even without Neymar and Messi. Frank? Yeah, I think, I think the way that Lance played, it would have upset uh, Neymar for sure. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it would have been disturbing for him to see that pressure. And uh, in the middle of the park, you know, with Fofana, especially the captain of Lance, I think that guy won't stay in Lance for, forever. <laughs> I think we're going to see him coming maybe to the Premier League or to, uh, to anyway big, big clubs in Europe because he's a fantastic uh, uh, skipper. And, uh, and yeah, they, they've done everything to, to make sure that... Paris Saint-Germain couldn't breathe. And you can be messy. Yeah, you are, you are the best player in the world, maybe. 
but it's hard to cope with the, with the team completely invested in what they want to do and playing all together with, uh, according to the, the, the coach tactic. It's what Lance did perfectly, 100%, with, of course, the luck that you need to, uh, to, be, uh, to, be, uh, to score goals, and it's what happened today. Um, I don't think, with, even with Neymar and Messi, with all due respect, Paris Saint-Germain could have done something better. The goal that PSG got, Jules, were you happy with it? I thought it was watching it, I thought it was a bit dodgy. I thought Samba had the ball in his hands uh, and that Ikitike hit the hand first even. Not, so no, it was just not a clean on the ball. I mean, it was given by, by the referee. You can understand, Craig said that he was, he was okay with it. PSG had other chances, especially in the second half, at 3-1 down to come back 3-2. Sarabia especially, the massive one, and with Samba, the former forest keeper, made a, a great save. That's not... I mean, that yeah, they gave that goal nice. It doesn't matter anyway so much, but it felt at the time that they gave that goal because it was, the P, it was, it was for PSG. If it had been Reims or Brest, that goal was not, was not going to have been allowed. Well, it's fortunately, it didn't matter, did it? No, it didn't no. matter. No. no, no, it didn't matter. It didn't. And you didn't want to ask that question, <laughs> no, did you? I didn't. You how did dare not. you? How you I did. just do whatever I'm told. I sent, I sent don't, don't a little... <laughs> I sent a little internal turmoil between you and the production side again. How dare you, Craig? I just don't make told. me ask this needless question that didn't matter. Well, you ploughed on anyway. Fair play oh, to you. Now Frank wants to get it, Frank. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it should have been denied. I disagree with, uh, with Craig. I think the, the Ekitike uh, kicked uh, Samba's gloves. But we have to say that the, on the third goal that Lance scored, the, uh, the VAR didn't see that the throw-in before uh, Lance got the ball back. It, it was the throw-in for, was for Paris Saint-Germain, they gave it to Lance. And then uh, Lance were allowed to press uh, after, after Paris Saint-Germain got the ball back and scored the third goal. So it would have changed something, you know. Um, so it changed something to give, to give the, that goal to Paris Saint-Germain because... Uh, Paris Saint-Germain could have come back and, uh, and draw that game. Or drew that game, sorry. But, um, yeah, for me, it should have been disallowed. I mean, that's Mr. fantastic. fantastic. Uh, Jules, shut up you. Uh, Jules, are you back in the big chair tomorrow? That's right, yeah. Me and Robo, because Gabby's still on his uh, very long holidays, to be fair. But, yeah, me and Robo... Uh, you can always check that out, of course, on the website. As Jules well, can I always chat Robo about the, desolate, the goal? Up, no, right, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no team at this stage of the season with as many points as Arsenal now have have gone on and not won the Premier League title. They're looking good, aren't they? Seven points clear of Arsenal and also looking good, by the way, to finish uh, top four. So you think Arsenal's going to be in the top four? Yes. You do? Yes. Can I have a bet with you? How much would you like to bet? Uh, would you want I don't know. Should we do a dinner? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh my God, Stevie, no, go for it. Let's just do money. Uh. No, I need money. I want money. <laughs> I want money. I want money. <laughs> 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 50 right, bucks. you've got to pay up. Arsenal finishing the top four. 50 bucks they don't, right? You've got to pay up. Okay, all right. <clears throat> right? Let's do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Good. Stevie hates partying with money so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this could be fun. <laughs> Happy New Year, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's clever, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Big pie in your face there, Stevie. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, he's got it right. 
He's got it right for once. He keeps reminding me every two seconds about it. Well done. Well, there you go. So you've got to make the most of it, haven't you? Are you willing to... He must to... be. He must... Well, well, it... Every week Absolutely. when he's watching them and he thinks... This... This, I know. This, this downturn <laughs> has to start now. And then Chelsea drop points, Spurs, like anyone who could fight for even a top four yeah. place now aren't helping you, Stevie. Yeah. And even Eleanor's reminding See you as well, little... isn't she? <laughs> See that little clip that he just showed you a lot there? He sent me it on Saturday. Yes. Or the other day. Yesterday. After, the, uh, after Man City drew, he sent me it again. I've seen it quite a few times this year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of followers, Dan, even in my house. They're all jumping on the bandwagon, like having a good laugh, aren't they? I know, they all want you to suffer. Oh, Why is that, that, Stevie? I don't know. Every single time we do anything, like we play games or anything, <laughs> everybody always wants me to lose. Even the kids, even the wins. <laughs> Laura's only six. She's like that. What team do you want to win? I'm like, this red team we go. I want the blue team. There you go. I, I mean, think we have to have a camera follow you down <laughs> to the ATM. Yes. <laughs> no, he'd have to go to the bank. He doesn't have an ATM card. Definitely oh, would know his pin number. Because you're going in with a bank book. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's uh, focus uh, on... With a post office book. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let's focus on Arsenal a little more, though, Jules. <laughs> Mudrick's a done deal. Mudrick is not a done deal yet. No, uh, they... They have work to do, which we knew before. The first offer, the uh, the 40 plus 20, was way below below what Shakhtar were asking, which is crazy. And nobody is never going to give 100 million euros for for Mihailo Mudrik right now. It's the, but I think Shakhtar Shakhtar know it. We know that the the player, and we saw the, the Instagram story that he posted during the uh, the Arsenal West Ham game that he was watching the game. Uh, I think he's quite keen on coming to Arsenal, coming to the Premier League, coming to England. There's more negotiation to, to happen. At least Arsenal started early, which is very good because, and we know usually with Ukrainian clubs how difficult negotiations can be on a transfer fee. But, but he's certainly uh, the, the main target right now, someone that I think can bring so much to the squad on that left-hand side, which means that you can maybe move Martinelli more centrally, for example. There's a lot of things that you can do if you sign Mikhail Mudric, plus the talent. And we heard the Zerbi before the Brighton game saying how much uh, how, he, how much value he gives to the player, which I think is right. And for someone who's had him, who trained him, who made him improve, I think you can take his, you know, his, his word for it. And I think he's a wonderful talent, but I think there's still a, a way to go for us. Mudric, when he come on for the uh, Ukraine we're against... Moving, we're moving on. Oh, right, OK. We'll save that for another time, Craig. Yeah, well, clearly. It's Brentford against Liverpool on Monday. Uh, quite contrasting fortunes when you take a look at Brentford's home form compared to Liverpool's away form. Liverpool pulls a struggle. I did have a question oh, for Jules, oh, oh, you know. Oh, well, you could ask him off camera, maybe. Give him a call well, or a FaceTime. Ring into the Gam Jules show. Uh, myself, Stevie and Julianne are going for a Liverpool victory, yet Craig and Frank are going for a draw for this tie. Right. Frank, why a draw? Um, I think Brentford won away from home last week and uh, Liverpool had a hard time, you know, winning that game that they play at home. And, um, and I, I think it's not going to be easy. And when I see what I see defensively with Liverpool, there's always a chance for Brentford to, uh, to surprise the Reds. So it's why I think it's only fair to, to give a draw uh, for Brentford. Well, to give a draw, sorry. How long did it take you to come up with a draw, Frank, when you were asked? I feel like not a lot of time. Um, 
No, no, because I checked the last performances of the two teams, and uh, it took me it took me like thirty seconds yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> what, as, a, as, a, as opposed to people who picked a Liverpool win, is that, is that what you're suggesting? No, no, just Frank wasn't really selling it that much. Well, I didn't look, Brentford, it was two 0 at West Ham. It was two two at home to Tottenham recently. Before the World Cup, it was a I think it was two one at Man City. I think the scoreline was. Yep. They, late on. Depending on the fitness of, no, I don't think Ivan Tony's going to be fit, but. They're a side that causes problems, particularly at home. Scores goals are a threat. And Liverpool, they've had the two games back that they won. They were not convincing against Villa at Villa Park, got the result. And they certainly were not convincing against, against Leicester. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's why... I think defensively is, is the, the issue I've got with them. That's why I've gone for 2-2. Two, two. Stevie? I just, I, I can't disagree that Liverpool have been less than convincing, to be honest, but I, I, I think of what Tottenham did to Brentford when they actually decided to start putting some pressure on them. And there's no question, Brentford wilted. Uh, lost a couple of goals from being 2-0 up. And if there's one thing Liverpool do do, they create chances. Uh, and so I still see them creating chances. I still see them scoring goals. I don't see Liverpool keeping a clean sheet. Defensively, they, they, they also <laughs> have been giving chances up. Uh, but I just think they'll, 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 they'll put Brentford. I've gone for 2-1, but may, maybe it'll be 3-2. I just think Liverpool will score more goals than Brentford. Uh, of course, it will be revealed tomorrow. We'll be reflecting on that game on the next edition. Of, are you off tomorrow? I feel like we've been together quite a lot. Why, why are taking off? I, I am. You know? Are you off? No. It's true. No. Still here. Um, me, yeah. me and Stevie will be reflecting on that. Be sure to check it out. It's very much all to play for in La Liga as we kick off 2023 with both teams. Barca and Real Madrid level on points at the top of the table. Ignore goal difference, of course, it's all about head-to-head -head as it stands. Real Madrid would be ahead of Barca, but there's still a long way to go in this chase. Uh, Jules, the question I suppose is quite simple. Who's going to win it? <laughs> That's a good question, Dan. Uh, there's still plenty of games to go, of course. What I saw this weekend, though, to be fair, is that Arthur Barca panicked. In, in the derby uh, towards the end. I mean, I know that we knew the referee uh, and in a way that it was all going to be about him at some point in the game, which, which happened and he lost a bit of control, like Xavi said. However, they panicked. I didn't see Real Madrid panicking at all. And I, I guess for me, towards the, the, the back end of the season, this is maybe what the difference will be at. That Real Madrid didn't panic, Karim Benzema ended up scoring the two goals that put them back at the top, really now, as you said, on head to head. And I just, I, I wonder if really that's, that's going to be the difference between the two teams. Let's not forget that Lewandowski played that game against Espanyol, but will be suspended for three games at some point. It's a bit weird. We don't, yeah. We're not really sure when, but he will miss three games, which I think could be three games where Barca struggle as well to score goals. So for me, I would have to say Real Madrid right now. The infamous Mateo Lajos. <laughs> yes, exactly. The referee who sort of struts around. Let's hope. Let's hope it's not going to come down to him refereeing a, a really big one at the end of the year if it's still as tight as it is and going through this sort of officiating nonsense again that he did and really making it about him. But, but yeah, I, I'm leaning towards Real Madrid, I think, because of the nous, the experience, the manager. They've all sort of been there before. This is new territory for some of these Barcelona players, certainly for, for, for Xavi as a coach. Uh, it boils, I suppose both boil down to strikers and Benzema and Lewandowski but it's hard to look past uh, Real Madrid who have some, some really good options in the middle of the park that can come in uh, didn't, both teams did not play well uh, mm. over the weekend 
Uh, Real Madrid get the job done, Barca didn't, so I I'm sticking with uh, Real Madrid. Well, La Liga takes a back seat this week as Copa del Rey returns. All these games available on ESPN Plus, and of course, it's that time of the year where the big boys are introduced. The fairy tale story. It's got to be Casareño taking on Real Madrid, the team in the fourth tier of Spanish football, looking to upset the league champions. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Championship action continues tomorrow. Norwich taking on Watford. QPR against Sheffield United. Looking good, aren't they, so far this season? Uh, those games, both on ESPN+. Speaking of plus, it's all about the FA Cup this weekend, isn't it, on Friday? United against Everton. Then there are a number of games for you on Saturday. Sunday, see City take on Chelsea. And it's Oxford against Arsenal on Monday. All those games available on ESPN Plus. Some tasty ties there, actually. It'd be interesting to see how seriously Watch everybody TV takes. was a bit harsh in my in Nottingham Forest today. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, they came back. Yeah, and it's just a bit harsh. It's because he got woken up. They got a great point against Chelsea. The he called them abysmal. Uh, Stevie will be back, what? as will Frank Craig, of course, here as well to answer your questions on extra time, which is next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Very happy new year to everybody. Craig Burley with us here in the studio. Frank LaBeouf joins us and let's talk about really the Last question night? that everyone's oh. asking. What is that on your lips, Stevie? <laughs> I don't know. A rabbit. <laughs> it, well, it's a moustache. It, it's, it, it's on the way to a, to a bit of a moustache in it, Stevie. Well, uh, it's, it, it's a mistake. I was actually going to have a shave today for the show, but... I was lying in my bed, dozing, because, so we've had a, a, a house full over Christmas and New Year, and everybody left after a right good breakfast this morning. Right. And she and I decided, you know what, everybody's gone, let's go up the stair and go for a wee kip for an hour. Okay. Anyway, the phone went at 10 to 5, and it was Pete going, uh, can you call in? I was like, ah, what? He never told me. I thought it was six o'clock. Right. I didn't no, have time no, to get a shower no, or anything. No, no, no. I didn't Come have on. time to get a shower or anything. No. I just had to get dressed and get down the stairs. Tell the and truth. Fire everything up. Tell the truth. He told you yesterday. Oh, did he tell you that? Uh, yeah, he yes. told us that he told you 4.30. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't even remember talking to him. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So did you make it? To, I don't. Did, 
Did you make hey, it? I'm to... not even. A, I've not had a beer since Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. Oh, well done. Hey, get, send your address. We'll get you a cookie right there. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Did you make it to New Year's Day, Stevie? Did you stay up till midnight? You must be joking. No. Not a chance. No. No. The electric no. blanket. I'll tell, tell you what. I put a. <laughs> I had the telly on and I saw Duran Duran coming on about half eleven. They were hopeless. I turned it off. Oh, okay. Went to sleep. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Take that, Duran Duran. Sorry, if Duran Duran are watching <laughs> this. We apologise. How's that, uh, Frank? Sorry. I imagine you made it Back to midnight, again. didn't you? You know, I went to bed around two, 2 in the morning, but I was oh. only with my lovely wife. We had a nice dinner together, romantic lovely. one. Oh, beautiful. And, uh, but I, we, we, we celebrated New Year's Eve, and that uh, I think it was um, quarter, to, uh, quarter to 12, uh, quarter past 12, sorry. And we watched TV, we watched The Man in the High Castle. <laughs> well, we enjoyed it. The, the Man in the what? what? The Man in the High Castle. What's that? It's a, it's a series. The Man in the High Castle. Oh, okay. I'm it's a series. Oh, it's a series. Yeah, go. Get on with it. I love it. I love it. Happy New Year. I can't believe Dan let Craig get away with mispronouncing crypto yesterday. Crypto. Crypto. Where did that come from? Crypto. <laughs> um, what other well, when you put a C-R-Y. Yes. C-R-Y. Yes, cry. Cry. Yes. It's not cri, it's cry. But when you associate it with a P, then it turns into a crypt, doesn't I'm it? I'm not sure it does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other words have the boys had trouble pronouncing in the past? Thousands. Quesse was a problem that I had. We were on African uh, TV, wasn't it? I struggled with that. Yeah, you, you, you really struggle with Chalanoglu. Yeah, I do struggle Why with Chalanoglu. I think I overthink it. Chalanoglu. Chalanoglu. What have I told you on this show before about yeah, overthinking? Don't overthink it. Keep it simple. And we had Frank, um, Frank uh, having slight problems Sh with sheet uh, today. <laughs> No, especially, <laughs> especially yeah. when he but puts the words. No, Frank. Especially, it wasn't the actual word sheet. It was when you put in front of it, I take a. Yeah. I take a. <laughs> yes, I take a. Maybe just. Oh, that's a good one. I take a piece of paper. No, I, I know the difference, and I I try to pronounce it, and I should have be more. Yes. Sheet. Sheets like like you do, but it's, it's complicated. But remember, for years, focus, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I know, I know. I, I can't do anything about that. But you know, remember that I had problem with focus. Yes. Yes. Where I tried to be very very American, and I think the the us would yes. say us. Yes. And when I said it, and I'm going to say it again because I wanted to come back, my friend, my best friend, say, Frank, you have to stop saying that. You know, people think that you are doing something very bad. Yes. And talking about it, so yeah, please stay focused. Yes, focus. He's watching too many Scottish videos. Focus. There we go. He sent me a Scottish video the other day. Oh, did you know, the one in the left. Right. With the two guys. Oh, uh, is it the voice activated <laughs> list? The voice activated. Yes. Eleven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watching too much. Uh, Stevie, you, your elocution is perfect, isn't it? Marvellous. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm glad you've noticed. There you are. Um, Peter sent Bundle me a call alarm. log of him you calling go. you, Stevie, by the way. Just to confirm that he did call you I yesterday. Really, I, 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 I have no idea. I should have done it. I don't remember calling him. Oh, no, he called you. All right, I don't even remember talking to him. And you never had a beer. <laughs> uh, who's getting sacked first, Stevie? Nope. Conte or Potter? Conte. 
Really? Yeah, yeah I don't. Aye, aye. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I think Bowley. I think Bowley. I get the impression there's probably going to be an argument, and it's more than likely Conte will turn round to. Turn around to Tottenham and say, you know where they should be. I think Conte will quit, though, more than get yeah, sacked. I, 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 I don't think Spurs will, will fire Conte. He'll yeah. tell them where they shove it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craig, why. it's been a few hours into the transfer market and Forrest haven't bought anyone yet. Should we be worried? <laughs> you were harmed by their performance today, weren't you, in the second half? Because you've got a bit of Forrest in the family. Your grandson was there? He was. Uh, well... I just want to see the house prices stay up in Nottingham. Okay, perfect. And well, there you are. That's nice. Forget about your grandson's happiness. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and if forests stay up, the, the bigger salary they pay, the more people come, and it's a mile from. Yeah. Right. The I think it's been so long since they've been been up like like Leeds were uh, that to see a club go straight back down, it, it, who knows if it's going to be another 10, 15, 20 years. I was heartened by it. I wouldn't say I would be super confident of them staying up, to be honest with you. But at least they're not getting pulverised every week. Yeah. That's something. Uh, for least. all, would it, well, let's go to Stevie. Would it have been better for Ronaldo if he'd gone to MLS at Sporting KC as it was reported uh, that there were negotiations? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I mean, at least we'd still. I mean, I, I, I assume you're going to be able to see him play in Saudi, but who's going to go out of the way to try and to try and get that? At least, at least if he'd been in MLS, we would be able to see what was going on, and we'd be able to see him still scoring goals. Um, as opposed to now, he'll, he'll still be playing in Saudi, but it, it'll kind of feel like he's retired, to be honest. What was the chances of Ronaldo going to Kansas? Well, they're saying it was close negotiations. I don't know because I don't follow uh, Major League Soccer or indeed Sporting Kansas City. But how many of these big-time DPs have they had? Uh, not many. Exactly. Not so many. It's not like it, if it was LA. Yes. I'd have went. Oh, right. Well, that's kind of where they've all gone. Yeah. Some have gone in NYCFC. But the, between New York and Los Angeles, where where where, where was the Kansas. Ronaldo's going to Kansas. I think they had, what is it, acquisition rights or something on him first. They had first dibs on him. Yeah. It's, still been, it's still a bit good to keep an eye on him, though. Uh, There's more chance of me walking from here go. to Kansas. Than Frank, you finished your career, obviously, in Qatar. Chance. Do you understand what Cristiano Ronaldo has done? Um, yes, I can understand. And... Um, not really for the money because I think he doesn't need any money. <laughs> he's already over worth over a billion, so he's fine. But uh, he still want to play. Don't forget that the team that he's going to play for is uh, coached by uh, uh, Rudy Garcia, a very good French uh, coach, and uh, and most of the players that um, that he's going to play with are belonging to the, uh, the, the 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 national team that they beat uh, Argentina. Uh, in the World Cup, and on top of it, you have some players like Abu Bakar. So it's a very efficient team. Uh, I don't know who's going to face, who's going to play against, but I understand that he wants to carry on. And if he has a crazy offer from the Saudis, man, he was. Uh, it's fine by me that he agreed with uh, with that. And if he's happy, I'm happy for him. Uh, 3.4 million a week, give or take. It's all right, isn't it? Partly. 
Not bad. Are we suggesting Kansas were going to play that? I, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it, do I? We don't talk nonsense. Uh, Craig, Seriously. did you ever have to deal with a referee like Matteo Lajos? And yes. as a player, how did you deal with it? Shouted at him a lot. Who was the referee in question? Oh, lots of them. Right. You know. As bad as that? Like making it all about them? Uh, maybe not as bad as that, but uh, you know, I suppose... It, it, uh, what did this guy do? It's Matteo Lajos, Stevie. Remember from the Argentina-Netherlands game, renowned in La Liga, is just making it all about him. He, he just lost control of the Barcelona game yesterday. No, I've no idea who you're talking about. Okay, all right, don't worry. Well, yesterday was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday, something's oh, a bit, I just to keep quiet. <laughs> yesterday was a... He told you, told you that phone call yesterday. Yeah. He explained it to you. Like, I saw, probably did, I. Uh, I mean, I probably once again, oh, oh my God. The, part, the other part was, in between booking everybody, wow, yellow, 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 touchline yellows, was the fact that when we were waiting on, and I know there was VAR, but he wasn't exactly spurring it on or, or hurrying it up when we were waiting to see if there was going to be the second yellow or the straight red for yeah. the challenge on Lewandowski. And he just stood there chatting to everybody. I know. And then he runs over to Xavi and at the end of the... Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so how would you have dealt with it? Just shouted at him. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't think I ever had somebody as bad as that. But when you're playing yeah. and things are going awry, Sometimes it feels a bit like that. Right. That, and you just sort of referee just... But he, he's especially irritating. Yes. You yeah. know, it's just like, I don't know. It's, but it's not it's not like it's a one-off. No. No, it's yeah, all FIFA about him. FIFA and La Liga continue to give him yeah. big games. Yeah. Frank, how would you deal with a referee like that? Uh, I think I would go f uh, to him and I would say, you know what, ref, you know, I think we had enough, you know, go home, we're going to deal without you b better than if you stay in the middle of the park because you, you're putting the mess. And I, I did that a couple of times in England. I remember saying to referees, you know, get, get out of here, get out of here, really. We, we, we're going to deal it better without you <laughs> because you, you're not in a good day and you're putting the mess and, uh, and fans are not going to be happy. Of course, I got yellow carded because of that, but I don't care, you know. Sometimes, you know, you feel that the, 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 the ref is useless and he's getting, he's putting worse than he should be. So uh, I, I would have told him. Right, answer honestly here. Oh, Stevie, I don't always. did you ever re-watch a match that you played to hear how the commentators described it? To hear how the commentators yes. describe the game? to hear their take on it. No. No? I couldn't have cared less when I was playing who the commentator was. Right. Why would, it, why would it bother me who the commentators were? I don't know, just, it just intrigued. If we won the game, it was great, and if we lost, I'm right. disappointed. I never even crossed my mind about the co who commented. Uh, would you watch games back, Steve? Would you watch, like, match the day, obviously, big in England? Would you watch that? Aye. Yeah, just because I always watch match of the day anyway. Right. If we got beat, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it. If we won, I'd watch it. Fair enough. I'd watch all the other games, I should say. Right. I obviously taped it because I was out on a Saturday night. <laughs> but yeah, I would watch it. And when he says tape, he means tape. Uh, Frank, what about you? Um, well, just watch it again. Well, rewatch it because I wanted to see, you know, some uh, some highlights and to see if I, what I did wrong or what I did good, you know. And uh, and um, 
and watching much of the days to hear what Alan Hansen had to say about me because he, I, I felt it always, he, he didn't really like me. He was always critical oh. towards me. So it was funny to hear him. When you got sent off for stamping on Harry Kuehl, Frank, did you watch that back? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I guess so, because yeah. I wanted to see it. Well, I saw it because I, I made a case and I wanted to defend myself. So I tried to explain to the, to the, uh, to the FA uh, how or the PFA, how it worked and uh, why I did that, because I, it, was, uh, it was faking. And so, yes, I saw it many, many times, you know, to, uh, to exactly know what I was talking about in front of the, uh, uh, the, the people that I had to talk to. You didn't have to. The answer is you never, as Stevie said, you never really thought about who was commentating right. uh, on games. Uh, but certainly when you were playing for the national team, you didn't have to watch it back because you knew you were getting slaughtered anyway. Right. <laughs> Did you watch, like, for example, the red card back from 98? I, no, I've seen it. I didn't right. watch it back for commentary. Right. I've seen clips of it, but I don't even think Did it's Did you go and seek it out? Just I to don't see even it. think it's an English commentary. Right. Maybe, I don't right. know. Did you seek it out just to see what had happened or whether or not it was harsh? Well, I knew or... what happened. Right, yes, I know, but sometimes from the, <laughs> the outside looking in. It wasn't harsh. <laughs> I knew what happened, it wasn't harsh. Right. I had a, I had a rush of blood and had a swipe, right. basically. But, you know, the only time, and I've never done this, but the only time I would imagine it happening, if somebody comes to you and says, listen, such and such has said, not not said you had a bad game. Right. Such and such has said you're a disgrace or sure. You know, gone over the line. Know, listen, if you listen, if you've done something stupid, if you spit in somebody or you, you punch somebody or you, jump, you do what Eric Cantona did and jump in the crowd, that's different. But if if somebody was basically criticising you personally for your performance in a different manner, maybe you would seek them out for that. Right. But not if somebody went, oh. Nickel Burley and LeBeouf had a bad game. When you were commentating, did players seek you out? No, uh, but I know they probably, some of them wanted to. Right. Uh, maybe they just didn't, a lot of them just didn't have, I don't know, stomach to do Because managers it. did, yeah? Managers. One or two. Yeah, more than players. Managers more than players, yeah. Managers more than players. They just got, uh, uh, you know, that didn't go well for them. But that Dan, players will, most players, in fact, I've probably seen 99.9% .9 of players, if they get criticised by anybody, whether it's in the papers or on the, the commentary, then they won't forget it, they'll always have it there. That that point one percent are the nutters that will go and seek somebody out right. just to square them up on it. Others, like myself, and I'm sure Craig will have done it, if you come across them, per chance, then you just calmly walk up and say, oh, he mush, what was that all about? Right. Because you can't let it go. You never let it go. And somebody gives you pelters when you're playing. Well, certainly, I never let it go. Uh, but I never went I never went to try and seek anybody out. But if if they just happened to be somewhere I was, then I would uh, I would certainly ask them. Dan, Dan, the first time I was, uh... I was um, called by Yemi Jacquet with the national team. I was already 26 years old. And a journalist, uh, a writer, uh, said in the newspapers, explaining the half of a page of L'Equipe why I shouldn't be with the national team, saying that I was too old for the national team and I was 26 years old, uh, saying that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't a good defender, and that 
that I was uh, that five or six play other players should play should be called instead of me. Where out of the five or the six players that he mentioned, four of them were injured. And so when I, the, 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 the day after, Emejaki called me, I've seen the, the, the newspapers, he said, well, Frank, I don't want you to react. He's upset because I, I didn't tell him that you were, there were a new player will come and it was you, so he was upset and wanted to, to in fact, uh, um, uh, show it, uh, his, uh, his anger uh, towards me. I said, don't answer. I said, okay, no problem. I went to the national team and the guy was there. So I went to see him <laughs> and he was, uh, he was showing his back to me and I, 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 I did that to him like that and he turned and when he saw me, he turned and he was so scared. He did, he did, ah! I said, no, okay, don't worry, my man. I said, I just want to introduce myself because obviously you don't know me at all. So I'm Frank wow. Lebeuf and I left. On, the guy man. was scared, never talked to me anymore. Yes. He, was, he was very upset because all the other journalists saw that and he was very upset. Wow, and now Jules is on the show with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Craig, do you still have your kilt from the opening of France 98? Like a few others from the squad have said when looking back, was walking out pre-match in them the memorable highlight of the tournament for you? Uh, no. <laughs> so explain to, I, I don't answer, remember the, this. The answer, the answer would be no and no. So you walked out for kickoff in your kilt? Well, not for kickoff. <laughs> when, when, did, when were the kilts worn? Oh, you might have noticed this. But it's quite it's difficult enough playing against Brazil, particularly one with Cafu, Ronaldo, and all those Rivaldo, without trying to do it in no, kilts. But I thought you might have done like a Bucks fizz, Woo! just before kickoff. No, Craig Brown had this idea that, uh, and Steve will. Oh, there's a shock. There's <laughs> a surprise. Uh, yeah, this idea. That I'm surprised they didn't have a gear flag as well. <laughs> And upset a bagpipe. Because it was the opening game of the World Cup, opening ceremony, Scotland-Brazil, that we were going to go uh, dressed to the game in the Scottish uniform, so kilts. Okay. All the full gear, kilts, right. the lot. And we got changed, obviously, in the dressing room for the game, but, but pre-game, I were in 20 before, it, give or take, in the, the uh, Stade de France, we went out on the field. Oh, like faffing about, looking at the went pitch? Out, to the pitch and right. to see family and the okay. Scotland fans and the Brazil and all those rigmarole. And that's where those pictures come from. Uh, but the answer to the question is, uh, well, one, it wasn't my idea, and two, it certainly wasn't the highlight of playing at a World Cup. Right. For sure. Yes. It's just, am I sort of patriotic in that way? No, not really. I'm happy to go with a tracksuit on. Okay. Or a pair of shorts. But that was brownie for you. Right. As what, Craig, Stevie will kill you, he had many good ideas like that. Did Fergie have you out in kilts in 86, Stevie? Oh, why, so he did, I yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we yeah. had Rod Stewart yeah. hey. on the bus hey. on the way there. Whatever Did you, you do. The, the real Rod Stewart. What? No, no, no. <laughs> I meant the music. Rod Stewart's on the bus. He kept me training, though. Serenading you. Before the, uh, it was actually before the Euros in America. Or it might have been the World Cup. I don't know. He came and trained with us. Right. He wanted to come and train. Well, there you go. So, when you're Rod Stewart, I suppose you can do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Dan. I mean, oh, go on. Stevie's in a bad mood. Yeah, go on, Stevie. Have a no, shave. Listen, no, it's not that. Listen, I got married. I got married in the kill, so I like the kill. Right. But unfortunately, the problem is the problem. The problem with the Scotland thing is. 
Instead of every single thing you do, every detail leading up to the first game of the World Cup being about the game and preparing, all he would be thinking about was, well, let's wear a kilt and let's do this and let's get that and then we'll do this. You'd be like, so get away you go. We're trying to prepare for one of the biggest games of your career. And all, all the clowns and the coaches and all that, all I think about is we can wear a kilt and all that. Sh oh, and let's, let's wear <laughs> knives down the side of your sock and do it. Shut up and prepare for the game. Yeah, the most the main thing you should... <laughs> no, but Stevie, the main thing you should thought about is to, to wear underwear. You know, that would be better. You know, that's, uh, that's something yes, you have yeah. to Obviously, there's famous yeah. pictures of you in your underwear winning the World Cup, Frank, obviously, which people <laughs> seem to send me regularly <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Good. Dan, if you had to spend one week on I a know. desert island with Craig, Stevie or Frank, who would you choose and why? Oh, what a question. Actually, all three, oh, would, bring, all three would bring different elements. You're a good chef. <laughs> you can, no, you, no, no, I'm not a good chef. You, I'm a, I'm you, not, I'm a, you can cook. I, I like cooking. No, you're getting all modest now. Well, I'm not a good chef. Well, you can cook. I'm not a chef. Yeah. Cool. What's he going to cook on? What? Well, 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 I'm, 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 and he's quite resourceful, I would I'm say, good, Craig yeah. is. Quite practical. Uh, Stevie would bring. Right. Well, he'd eat you. Well, <laughs> If you were on an island with him, he would he would put he would roast you. He would be going round in a spit. I would suggest there's a lot a lot of things on a desert island with a lot more meat on them than Dan Thomas. Well, I don't don't worry about that. Um, I don't know. Stevie, Stevie would be entertaining. He would be entertaining at least, wouldn't he? He'd be on the island. The producer would phone him. <laughs> And he'd say, I don't remember that phone. I don't remember what's happening. <laughs> and then Frank, uh, Frank obviously can go out and be and kind of gather stuff and fish and do all that no, sort of he stuff. Be, he's quite. He's freaking. He, he talk <laughs> Frank to, to go for. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Frank, Frank would go and get all this stuff. So I think, I think there are other people. Those, those three options aren't bad. There are others maybe who wouldn't oh, be as well, attractive. Uh, yeah. yeah. The problem, Danny, that we'll have the Wait, chance what? to see you every day with some shorts. You yes, know, that exactly. would be a treat what, for me. What a treat. I mean, Frank. can you imagine yeah. him walking about with the World Cup in his head? <laughs> see, I just want food. Bloody World Cup town, Frank. We what? need to get some fish. What good's the World Cup here? <laughs> <laughs> Final one, Craig, if you were to be selected by ESPN to travel to cover a competition, which member would you not like to room with? You and Sebi would make quite a pair. <laughs> well, I think we know the answer to this. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you mean Sebi? Well, you and Sebi as a, as a roommate would be quite interesting, what? people are suggesting. Well, because you have quite an interesting relationship with him. But see, see here's the deal, here's the deal. Because you do this and have been doing it a long time, if people have a pop at you, which quite often we do, maybe I'm guilt, more guilty than, than some, I don't know. When I throw it back to you, something that maybe even it's a, a bit aggressive or that, that's just the show. Yes. If I do it to Sebi, for some reason people start feeling sorry for him. Well, yeah. that if you sit in that hot seat, you're putting yourself, particularly coming out with the nonsense that he comes out with, yes. and you, Yes. it comes straight back, it's batted straight back, and people go, oh, Sammy, he's been horrible to you. He loves it. Uh, let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Stevie, Frank, and myself then. If you had to not room with one of us, I wonder who that would be. Listen, there's not a, ch there's not a hope in hell I'm rooming with Nickel. <laughs> Not, there's not a chance. 
You ask. It's a pity he's not here. Oh, he's bless not, him. God bless, bless him, he's not bless here. Paul Mariner. If Paul Mariner was here to tell the stories, <laughs> you would understand why. Yes. And there's, a, a one, there's been many trips, but there's one infamous no. trip. <laughs> so infamous was the trip, Shaka Saucer, Alex Ferguson, like that summer that it happened, and Fergie was saying to Shaka, did you hear what happened at the airport with Stevie? <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> good times, good times. There we go, that is it. We are done. ESPN FC returns. Just You're working tomorrow, Stevie. I don't yeah. know if we're live or not. Producer's going to call There you. will be a call. <laughs> Yeah. We're live at 6. 4.30. We're live at 6 tomorrow. What time? <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 